Welcome to the Real View Podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first-time homebuyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Real View Podcast. I am your host, Allison. Joining me today is our very special guest, Michelle berman McKell. She is a nationally sought-after Instagram content development coach, speaker, owner of Berman Media PD, and creator of the Instagram Power Method program. She's a self-made entrepreneur who has grown her program and coaching services to well over six figures in each of her eight years in the business, and she specializes in working with our real estate agents and loan officer professionals, but she also prides herself on creating tools and systems to lead generate on Instagram regardless of the industry, but I do love that she has a focus on real estate, which is why she's joining me today. So Michelle, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, that introduction was super nice, but thank you. I'm super excited to be here and looking forward to it. Yeah, we're excited to to learn a little bit more about you, the work that you do, and how our real estate professionals can really up their game. And we're going to go kind of a level deeper. We've talked about Instagram on this podcast before and, and, you know, kind of why it's important and that kind of stuff. But what I loved about Michelle's perspective is she literally just, she just goes a layer deeper. And we're going to get into not only how to be successful at Instagram, but really how to start making those business connections and really growing your business on there. So this is going to be a great show. So excited to have Michelle on here. But before we get started on today's episode, Michelle, I have to ask our signature question, which I ask all of the guests who joined me on the Real View podcast, which is since the show is called The Real View, I would like to know what is the best view that you've ever seen? Oh my gosh, a hard question. But since you prepped me for this one, I thought of a couple different ones. So I think I have two. This is very cliche, but I'm going to say it anyway. It was actually when my husband held my son after having my C-section. He was holding him just above me. And I was obviously crying like most moms do when their baby comes out of them. My husband was holding him and showing me him and he was all wrapped up after coming out. And my son was born almost 10 pounds, 9 pounds, 13 ounces. And for those people who have ever seen me in physical presence, I'm not a very big human. I'm about 5'3". And I had a 10 pound baby. So it was pretty wild. But seeing my husband hold my son and knowing that my lifelong dream of being a mom was coming to fruition, just I literally have the goosebumps even just saying that. But that's definitely my my number one for sure. And then my second one's probably where my husband and I actually had our first date. We got married very secretly at the courthouse about two months after we met, which is a whole story by itself. But We uh, ended up going to Sedona. Um, If anyone's familiar with Sedona, Arizona, there's a bridge called the the Broken Bridge Trail. And it's this crazy overlook view. And that's where Dave actually gave me my ring because we had already been married. So I didn't have a ring. I just was wearing like the Qualo rubber ring. Yeah. So he finally gave me my actual ring right there. And it was pretty special for us. Oh, I love that. sounds like you have created a beautiful family and a beautiful life. So thank you so much for sharing that very, very special moments. I always love hearing about people's cherished memories. So thank you so much for sharing that. So I want to hear a little bit more about you, Michelle. Tell us about you, a little bit about what you do. I know I mentioned kind of some of the things you're involved with in the introduction, but I want to hear more about you. 
how you got started in your career, what you do now, and then maybe um, share a little bit too about your specialty in working with realtors. Yeah. So I'm going to do this super fast version of this. I actually graduated from college. I went to Rutgers University. Many people are, are quite familiar with Rutgers. I came from Southern California, actually swam on scholarship for Rutgers. So it was a big move going from Southern California to Rutgers. But most people, when I graduated from high school, were like, where is that? Most people in Southern California, it really just wasn't somewhere that people were thinking of being an option, which actually intrigued me. But I did swim for them for four years. So I swam competitively for almost 20. I started swimming at four and and swam all the way through college um, up until about 22. Retired from swimming after college, ended up becoming a competitive CrossFitter shortly thereafter, which is amazing and long story to how I ended up meeting my husband, uh, which is wonderful. So sports has always been a huge part of who I am. I'm a very athletic person. I work out four to six days a week and just got back into CrossFit after having my son not long ago. So that's kind of like the what makes Michelle Michelle. Fun fact for all my ladies in the house, my favorite thing on the planet is honey lavender lattes. So if anyone has a honey lavender latte recommendation, location, I'm all ears. Please DM me because I want to know. Yeah, absolutely. So one of my favorite things to do whenever I travel is like find little eclectic coffee shops and try their honey lavender lattes. And then I like to like rate them. So it's kind of like my weird, funny thing that I like to do. But that's my love languages, right? Sports and coffee. But as far as what makes Michelle Michelle, as far as work is concerned, when I graduated from college, I had a degree in journalism and psychology. And I I really thought I was going to write for a living. I really wanted to go into sports publication writing, kind of the Aaron Andrews, if you will, of the writing world versus the public speaking side of things. Ended up getting a part-time gig with Bleacher Report, which was a big deal back then coming out of a journalism degree. I did that part-time while getting my master's degree, but I actually quit my master's degree right before my thesis. So I did all of the credits except for my thesis. So I laughingly say that you know, I decided to not pay $30,000 for a piece of paper and instead created a course called the Instagram Power Method. That is my thesis because it took me a lot more than 40 hours to build it. So I got my technically didn't get, but basically got my master's degree in social media public relations, which was a really new field at the time. And it was really kind of this understanding of social media as it relates to navigating the corporate space, navigating the, the marketing space kind of all in one. While I was doing that, I ended up getting a gig at a social media public relations firm running and managing social media for large water industry type clients. It was very boring. And the clientele was very boring as well. Um, water is really not that cool. It's very <laughs> Plain, I think is a good way of saying that. Yeah. Uh, but my experience there really actually was the caveat to why I created what I created. And, and I'll tell this story this way. Social media and the corporate setting is very cookie cutter. It is very copy paste, copy paste. Everybody's producing the same thing. No matter how much the client is paying the organization, the content looks exactly the same. And at 24 years old, it just did not sit well with me. Um, and this was back in 2014. I actually walked into my boss's office and quit. I said straight up, like, I'm going to do this better than you because this is ridiculous, like point blank. And I said it a lot more poetically than that. But that was what I was thinking. I then went door to door to local businesses in the area that I currently had was living in and built my business from scratch. So that was in 2014. In 2016, I hired a business coach that was in Europe, had never met him before, met him on social media, go figure. Flew to the UK, spent eight days in coffee shops with him, building out what is now my entire organization. And in that process, what we discovered was that I had this massive love for real estate. And I really didn't know it until it was all on paper. 
and kind of talking through the clients that I had and talking through the types of people that I enjoyed working with the most and, and just things that I even like talking about in real estate became the kind of silver lining in all of that. So when I got back from the UK, I fired every client I had with the exception of two realtors and one loan officer that I was working with from 13 clients to three. And it essentially went to work on building what is now known as the Instagram Power Method program. And as far as what that is and, and really the methodology behind it, which I think was the latter half of your question, the Instagram Power Method program as a whole is a online program designed to teach realtors and loan officers how to utilize the power of psychology to tap into the brains of their ideal clients and connect with them on social media, specifically Instagram, because that is my platform of choice, has always been from very, very early on. Allison, you and I have talked about this, but going deep is the name of my game. All of my methodology is really focused on let's stop caring about the likes, the follows, the how many real views I'm getting, how do I make better templates? And instead, let's really focus on what matters, which is can we create connection? Can we ultimately develop this really authentic and very organic conversation with that person that we've now shared a connection with? And then how do we move that meeting into uh, creating conversion for ourselves? That's ultimately the thought process. Now, I personally believe anybody can teach you how to make a reel. And I believe that anybody can teach you how to make Canva templates. But can people actually teach you how to change what's going on between your ears, as well as create that psychological pathway between you and the person that's consuming your account? And that's what we do. That's what we specialize in. Yeah, I think I think it's so cool. And and as I mentioned, you know, we have talked about Instagram and how to, you know, how many times should you be posting and what should your post look like? And, and that's all well and great. But really, if you're going to use Instagram as a business tool, which I think is so important to realtors, and I'm sure you feel the same, you really have to take it a step further. And you talk about really honing in on that audience piece and finding the people who you need to be connecting with, not just posting a reel and uploading it and cool, a thousand people saw it, but who are those a thousand people and are they who you're really looking for? How do you find those people and what is kind of your approach in really narrowing in on that audience part, which is so important when it comes to Instagram? Love the question. And I will tell anybody that's listening to this that the biggest homework assignment I could give you, which you can start doing today, uh, is what we call our 4520 rule. So I developed this many years ago and have since hired a handful of girls that now run this side of my company. But one of the girls, she is a very good girlfriend of mine that turned into my head engagement coordinator. Her name is Micah, but she's an, a, a fellow military spouse. Her husband is prior Air Force, and we now live in this very tiny, tiny military town together. But what the premise of the 4520 is, is the answer to your question. And it's, can you do or do you do 45 comments and 20 story replies every single day? 99%. And I by no means am I overshooting that literally 99% of people that I ask the answer to that question is no. So are you doing 45 comments and 20 story replies? 1% are and then of the 1%, maybe half of them are doing it right. So here's what that process really looks like. And this is how we do things. We essentially teach them to build out a five-day tracker. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, each of those five days, they are going to pick a category based off of who their ideal client is. So we spend a lot of time really digging into that avatar for the person. What does that really, really look like? What does that really sound like? 
most people, you know, they'll be like, oh, well, I specialize in working with first time home buyers. And my response to them is you and 5,000 others. Why would I hire you instead of the other person? So we really dig into really who that person is. There's a bunch of homework assignments that go into how we kind of arrive at that. And we also have them hone in on their third place. So when they're not at home and when they're not at work, where do they go that they could or are currently generating business from? And I always use myself as an example. And usually this gets people's brains going. If I were actively selling real estate, you know, what would my third places be that I would go and create engagement or create a category, if you will, on my tracker for engagement to help me generate business on Instagram specifically? And there's three third places that I always use or would use. And everybody, you don't have to have three, you can have two, you can have five. But for me, the three specifically, number one is is obviously the fitness industry, specifically CrossFit and, and competitive swimming. I've made a crap ton of connections with both real estate agents and loan officers whose kids are swimming, who swam, they currently are swimming in masters, the whole thing. So if I were to try to sell real estate, I would definitely lean into that industry or that market, if you will. Geotags accounts, different people that you can find through hashtags, all of that. So I would essentially have one day where all I'm doing is connecting with others who are either current swimmers or have children that are swimming because it's a very easy connective piece. The second one would be the military space. I am a former military spouse. My husband's now a civilian contractor that now works for the military. So for me, that's a really, really easy community to connect with because I live in military towns. So that would be number two. And then number three for me would be the dog space, specifically rescues. I have two rescues and I donate money every year to pit bulls and parolees. If you guys are familiar with the Villalobos Rescue Center, it's kind of very close to my heart. So that would be my third, third place. So for anybody listening, if you're like, well, how do I build my 45, 20 out from Monday through Friday, that's how, right? You find your three third places and then you have two days on either end of the calendar where one day you're focusing on loving on your existing. So you're going to do 45, 20 on people that are already following you or that you are following, right? So this is the way that you stay in touch with your existing audience. And then your fifth day is going to be the industry specific category that you're trying to attract. So if you're a realtor trying to recruit, maybe you have a day where you're focused on different brokerages that you're trying to recruit from. If you're more on like the, I'm trying to get builder accounts, you know, you could spend an entire day focusing on on that category. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. You get those conversations started and and you comment on those posts and you message on those stories. What your method talks about is really taking that to the next level, how to get those DMs to the next level. So you found your audience, you focused on your key three categories or, or three places where you're looking to find those clients and you're in their DMs, you're having these conversations, but what happens next to that step? 
is really so important and what you kind of go in into detail with too is really how to make that DM conversation more than like, oh my gosh, your dog is so cute or like, I love that book that you shared, you know, that you read. But it's really about taking that to the next level and you share kind of some really great tips and ideas into how to do that and how to really get to what you want, which is eventually that lead and that opportunity um, to grow in the real estate career. So share a little bit more about what happens when you get into those DMs. <laughs> I'm smiling so hard. I know most of the time people are going to be listening to this, but I'm smiling because like, obviously you read several articles that I've put out and you can like my thought process and my methodology. So I'm just, I love it so much. But um, the way we do this, right, is we want to move the meeting. That's ultimately our goal, right? We want to create this connective piece between me and this other person or, you know, whoever is listening to this, you and that person. And there's really a methodology behind it called the three C's. So I teach this a lot in my program and as well, I speak on it a lot too. But the three C's is create connection that turns into conversation very organically. And that conversation creates conversion. Now let's talk about these three pieces because this is what happens in your DM. So you have kind of this 30,000 foot view of here are your three C's which again are connection, conversation, and conversion. Now we have to go down to the 1,000 foot view and understand how to put that in play. And here's really what that looks like. So when you're doing your 4520, you're going to find connective pieces. So you are obviously subject to what the person's posting. But let's say, for example, you go into hashtag master swimming or hashtag USA swimming, and you see all of these posts that somebody posted with that hashtag, you're subject to what they posted, right? But the idea is that you click on it and you look at it, you consume the caption quickly, and then you send them a message saying something of value, some form of nostalgia. Maybe it's like, oh my gosh, this brings back days of you know hours and hours in the pool, or this brings back days of smelling like chlorine as my perfume. So that's like the start of your message. But then here's the key, which I think is the point you were making or about to make, Allison, which is that you can't just say that in your initial message. So normally that's what people will do. They'll just send that initial message saying, oh my gosh, this brings back days of when my perfume was chlorine because all I did was sit in a pool all day. Now here's the piece that people don't do, which is they don't end that message in the form of a question. They leave it as a statement or they leave it as that. So what we have to do is we have to connect with them, whether that's some form of value, some form of nostalgia, some form of connective, like, hey, me too moment. And then we have to end it in a question. So we have to say, what was your best event in college? Or what do your kids love about swimming or how long have your kids been swimming? So usually it's the either who, what, why, or how, basically any of those four can start that question. And then here's what happens. And this is not rocket science. It's just, we're the only ones doing it. Hopefully that will change. But the idea is that people figure it out. When you send that question at the end of that message, a couple things happen. Number one, you're opening the door for further conversation, first and foremost. And number two, that conversation is going to be most likely result in significantly longer responses. So as an organization, my team and I, we have tested the crap out of this. And the responses that we get from people when we send messages like that on behalf of our clients or when we teach them how our clients to do it themselves, it's night and day. I mean, Allison, I, you would die if you saw some of the differences in screenshots, but it is massively different when someone feels like you are listening to them, they feel seen, they feel heard, go into all of the psychology of all of that, their responses are significantly longer back. 
And then once you've made the connection, the conversation will flow naturally um, if it's meant to. And, and there will be conversations that will die, right? There will meaning that they just don't really go anywhere. But you'll find conversations very intuitively that will continue very naturally. And once that happens, the key is moving the meeting, right? So being willing or being able to confidently say, hey, I know we've been chatting a bunch and my favorite coffee shop is actually Summer Moon Coffee. And I noticed that you live in Frisco. Me too. Are you willing or are you able to meet me there on Wednesday next week? And notice what I did. I didn't say, hey, are you willing to meet with me? Question mark. I said, hey, are you willing to meet with me next Wednesday? Right. So being really confident in your ask sales 101, right? Don't give it open-ended, give them a specific option and let them move around it. But I mean, Allison, I know you know what I'm, when I say this, people don't do that. People are afraid to ask. And if they do ask, a lot of the times they ask too soon. So it comes across very salesy and I call it like the sleazy car salesman vibe, which we don't want, which is why connection first conversation organically. And now Mind you, sometimes this conversation may take days before you can go in for the ask. It may take a week, but you have to be okay with that. And you also have to be consistent and show up in that conversation daily, right? You can't expect to not return a message for a week and then all of a sudden return a message and expect for it to go somewhere. So you have to look at this process as ultimately as prospecting. So our clients, what we tell them is book 30 minutes on your calendar, time block it, every single day. And in those 30 minutes, you're engaging or responding to messages. I guess part of it is intuitively knowing like it's time to move the meeting and it's time to go in for the ask and then knowing what your call to action is, right? Coffee shop, Zoom meeting, let's go on. Here's my calendar link, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you brought up the timing of that too, because that was kind of going to be my next question is what does that time length look like? Is there, has there been a sweet spot that you found in the research and, and studies that you have done on um, the time that it takes to first start having conversations to move? Or is it more of like what you mentioned, an intuitive thing and just really kind of feeling out the conversation and knowing based off of that? Is there any time frame, or is it more of just an intuitive thing? Totally intuitive. I think you and I are a great example of it was just it was a very organic ask on both ends. I've had clients and I personally, I mean, I've been able to send a calendar link in like the third message to say, hey, here's my calendar link, jump on it. I've also had clients where they've been in my pipeline for eight months, a year before they are ready for that. Or they may send a message saying something along the lines of, you know, Michelle, we've been following you for a while. We're not ready. We have we don't have any money, but we're, we're watching you. We're going to be there. And then six months later, they reach out and say, Hey, I just had a couple of closings. I'm ready. Can I jump on your account? Like, so it just depends on the conversation. It depends on the person and clients in general. We've had people again, who have landed leads literally in that first or maybe couple message exchanges. And we've had people that it's taken weeks. So it just depends on you, your consistency. And it also depends on the conversation itself, how good you get at creating that connection. Because I will say the better you are at creating connection, the easier asking for conversion will happen. And the more confident you are in your CTA, whatever your CTA is like, you have to be rock solid confident in that. And if it's, here's my calendar link, because that's the best way to get a hold of me, then you have to know that. So when you go in for the ask, that's your call to action. Now, if you want it to be a coffee meeting, because that's your vibe, then you have to have a coffee shop picked out. You have to know exactly what that scenario or situation might look like for you and what your schedule looks like. So don't just say, hey, next Wednesday doesn't work. And then look at your calendar and be like, actually, I'm not available on Wednesday because then you kind of look like a butthead, you know, when that message is kind of going back and forth. So 
it's just a matter of being very confident in your ask and being incredibly clear and having, again, a lot of clarity on what is that CTA so that when you ask it, it comes across as you're super confident in it. Yeah, absolutely. And so we've talked a little bit about ways to think about Instagram and and use it differently and being a little bit more strategic in, in how we use it, which I love. What are other common mistakes that you see maybe specifically realtors make when it comes to Instagram and social media in general? Oh my gosh. Fantastic question. I need to write an article on that one. The yeah. mistakes you're currently making on Instagram. Um, <laughs> but I do have, I actually recently created a freebie on this um, because it, it's so prevalent. And there's really three mistakes that I'm part of why I'm saying that is not just to be funny, but in truth, there really are three specific ones that I'll hit on. The first one is you're engaging just to engage, right? So you're engaging in your mind. You, you're like, oh, well, I'm spending an hour on Instagram and I'm scrolling and I'm doing comments here and there, but you're just doing engagement just to do engagement instead of doing it intentionally and really being hyper-focused on spending time engaging with the right type of person that can actually bring you business. So if you're just scrolling your feed and engaging on your existing following, now awesome in theory, right? Good for you, pat on your back, you're doing engagement, but you're missing the point of going out and using Instagram as this prospecting tool where you can create relationships at scale. So you're kind of, again, missing the point. So engaging just to engage is definitely number one. Number two is you're not building a brand behind your name. I always tell people, and I just posted a reel on this actually, but I always tell people like you have to have a brand that can pick up and go with you anywhere you go. So it needs to be something that if I look at your account, I'm like, whoa, I love this. And so aesthetically, it has to be good. Two, it has to also make me feel like I want to keep scrolling through. So we have an attention span typically of seven to eight seconds. So if your grid looks like crap and half of your content is cut off and it's not sized properly for Instagram or your videos are too big, et cetera, et cetera, you're going to lose the attention of somebody who could potentially have been someone that would have turned into what I call a raving fan, aka a follower. So you have to be really cognizant of what your brand is telling people. Is it telling people that you don't know what you're doing on Instagram? Or is it telling people that you're really intentional and choosing to be there and spending time learning and being educated on how to produce content? And perception is reality. I tell people that a lot on Instagram specifically because I don't know you yet, right? So your grid and the content you're producing is my way of saying, hey, I really like this girl. I think I'm going to kind of go down the wormhole of her and turn into a follower. And now I'm seeing her stories and now like kind of creating that buildup of going from I'm a cold lead to a warm lead, warm lead to now we're having a DM conversation, et cetera. Building a brand as stupid and kind of cliche as that sounds. And I'm sure everybody hears that constantly. You have to do it, right? You have to do it with intention. And I always tell people like, I want them to see my logo and know that that's Michelle Berman Michael. And if they see Michelle Berman Michael, I want them to know that it's the Instagram power method, like irregardless of whether they see my face or see my logo. And so that's got to be the power of your brand. And then really the third one for me, and what I tell people is you have to be more decisive on the content you're producing. So you have to create content that's not for you. You have to create content for your person. So I think a lot of realtors specifically like to post, here's all my listings, or here's I'm in the top 1% of my city or of my brokerage. And those are all awesome things. But your consumer does not care. Right. And I know people think that they do. Oh my gosh, I'm hiring the top 1% realtor in Dayton, Ohio, like whatever, right? My brother-in-law lives in Dayton. That's how I know that. <laughs> um, I'm not from Ohio, guys. Um, but um, 
the Skyline Chili. I have had Skyline Chili for all my Ohio people. Um, it's very, very good. They're creating content for them, right? And trying to say, look at me, I'm awesome. When in reality, what the content should be is it should be content that solves their problems. So if your ideal client is someone who might want to buy a new build, but is freaked out by the nine-month timeline or the year-long timeline, how can you create content to talk to that person to make them realize that there are a lot of options to be able to buy new builds that don't take nine months, right? Let's talk about all the houses that are they're already prefab, right? Or half of the framework is already built or the foundation is already laid out and they just have to choose which of the floor plans they like because the cement's already poured. So now we're looking at a four to six month timeline. So again, it's a way to create content to solve people's problems. And the fastest and easiest way to do this is look at your last 10 transactions and say, John and Mary, when they called me, this was their biggest problem. As we worked through the transaction, these were some of the other questions that came up. And mentally, as the agent, when you're trying to create content, all of those conversations where that client was picking up the phone and asking you questions, that is your content. Because if that person had that question, somebody else has that question. You got to go away from this like five steps to the home buying process, get pre-approved. Like we all know that. And instead, actually answer questions, the people that are pounding the pavement, trying to really figure this out on the ground level. And all of a sudden, not only will your content resonate, but you'll have more conversations of value than you've ever had before. And also stop posting stock content. That kind of goes <laughs> yeah. hand in hand. Yes. No, I love that. That That's so cool to, to post kind of those frequently asked questions because that's such a good engagement piece for your audience is if they get to learn something from you. I mean, how cool is that? And that's what's so great about realtors is they have so much knowledge that the average person doesn't. And just sharing that knowledge, that sells themselves. Like if you know how to, for example, like, I don't know, you know, what's the best kitchen? I don't know, kitchen upgrades or something. Like just the knowledge that realtors have is incredible and so much more than what the average person has. And we need to do a better job at sharing that. So that was such a great tip. You talk to agents all day too. And and I think this is interesting in my mind because when I talk to one, right? Like I just had, I had a, a, my own private event in October, early October. And I got to sit in a room with some of my clients and 95% of what we do is virtual. So it was really nice to like rub shoulders with people for in real life. But you're sitting there talking to them. And some of these people, they are just so brilliant. What they actually know and the things that they've experienced with their clients I mean, I had a conversation with one of my clients about whether or not to use a VA loan to buy my primary or to use actually use my VA loan to buy our first investment property. It was this 20-minute conversation. And I'm just like the brain explode emoji because I'm like, wow, there is so much that goes into this. But you're talking about someone that's been in the industry for 20 plus years. And then here's the disconnect, right? I go to his Instagram account and it none of that is anywhere. It is a bunch of stock content that his title company or that his brokerage has like this marketing team that is just pumping content out with his face plastered on it. But it's like these cartoony graphics, very stock Canva type content. While in theory, some people will say, well, it's some content's better than no content. I would tell them not because it's going to create that perception of this is just this person's just paying this company to just pump content out, but not putting the person behind it, not putting the value behind it, not listening to his clientele and not really solving the problems that clearly from talking to him, he can solve. Yeah, posting just to post is never, never good. <laughs> uh-uh, no. My goal truly is to change one agent at a time, right? And that's what it's going to take, I think, in our industry to do so, 
is to change the culture around what social media is really about. It's not just checking a box, right? I'm not like, yay, I posted on social media today. It's really about, can I create this connection with someone? And if you can really focus on that, I can't even explain to you how you can prospect in a massive scalable way. We're talking like, how many doors can you knock in an hour versus how many DMs can you send in an hour? Like night and day different. And people need to buy into that, you know? Oh, that's that's so true. And it's just, I just think the opportunity that's out there is so incredible. And are our realtors really, you know, taking advantage of that opportunity? And that's what I love so much about your approach and kind of what you shared, because it really just goes to that next level, that next step of really making the most of Instagram and starting to really see an end result in a product after really putting time and effort into it, which is which is really great. Michelle, this was so fantastic and so great to have you on today. Um, I've enjoyed this. I am a social media person myself, so I, I enjoy hearing from the best. And you just shared such an interesting and unique perspective. So I really thank you for that and for joining me today. Could you tell our listeners how they can um, get in touch with you if they would like to learn more? Yeah, absolutely. I think honestly, the as cliche as it might sound, the easiest way is definitely on Instagram. Berman Media Social is my Instagram account. Berman is B-E-R-M-A-N, not U-N or E-N. The people definitely spell that wrong. But Berman Media Social, um, honestly, if you just type in Michelle Berman, Mike, a little pop up too. But that's the easiest way. And if you are listening to this and connecting with, tell me so I can tell Allison how awesome she is for connecting us. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, Michelle, this is so fantastic. Thank you again for joining me. I really appreciate it. And to all of our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time.